Blog Talk Radio. I've got a deeper love, a deeper love, a deeper love inside, and I call it pride, a deeper love, a deeper love, a deeper love, a
Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Recovery Corner. I am your host, Tanya Wilson, also known as Authorist Tanya Wilson, author of the book, The Time Is Now. The Recovery Corner is proudly brought to you by the Literary Corner. We also provide a diverse platform to bring awareness to socioeconomic issues within our community. Christian values, promotion of small businesses, and support of nonprofit organizations. Our partnering NOP, the Theodore House, provides invaluable services for people who suffer with addictions, mental health, homelessness, and HIV. For more information, please contact Ms. Tamika Randall at www.theodorehouse.org. And we will be right back after this quick commercial break. So right in the building, House of Stone by Coco. I'm going to show you. She's going to show you. We're going to show you how we do this, huh? What? Yo, this bling be the illest. Coco House of Stone got a feeling. Step up in the room. Royal like a queen. Rockin' House of Stone, girl, you know you reign supreme. Red carpet jewels. Finest of quality. Necklace so reckless. I know you've seen the rosary designer for celebrity. Pieces on the runway. Tracy Lynn was so back when you gotta grow up someday. Big girl accessories. Always on fleek. Not the average, but the baddest chick. The ones who like to be unique. We don't follow the crowd. We set the trends. Other fashions bow down. House of Stone will never be. My bad, with this commercial interrupt, I'm just trying to be your friend, help you step your game up. When you put on House of Stone, get ready for your close-up. Trendsetters, go get his lady, didn't know. House of Stone stands alone, I just thought I'd let you know. I think I said too much, you need to catch your breath, nobody does it better. Yo, House of Stone is the best, this is the soul writer. And I'm here with my girl Coco, House of Stone by Coco, that is. She's got the flyest bling on the planet, yo, she kicking down doors. In magazines, on the runway, celebrity jewelry designer, and I'm trying to put you down with games. On Facebook, House of Stone by Coco. Instagram, House of Stone by Coco. Twitter, House of Stone by Coco. Yo, it's real easy. And if you're really trying to holler at my girl, then holler at your girl, the soul writer, and I'll put you in direct contact with none other than the lady herself. Now, when you step outside, your fashion needs to be standing on a firm foundation, and it gets no firmer than the house that Coco built. Yo, check it. I'ma show you, huh? She gonna show you what? We gonna show you how we do this, huh? What? House of Stone by Coco. It doesn't get any better than the best. <laughs> Welcome back to the Recovery Corner. I am your host. Authorist Tanya Wilson, and my guest panelist for this evening is Arnita DeShields. Arnita DeShields is currently the CEO of DeShields Counseling, Life Coaching, and Consulting Services. She is the founder of Butterfly Empowerment Services Transform, services for abused women and their children. She is the author of the book entitled Watch God Move, and she is also the producer and host of New Beginnings Prayer Outreach Television Ministry, 
that will equip people with the word of God and empower with prayer. Anita has a passion for helping victims of domestic violence, community development, outreach, and empowering individuals in all areas of their life. Anita has been practicing social work and counseling since 1987. She has served her community as a leader and a member of Camden County Commission for Women, a member of the Senior Advisory Council for the Aging, Church Health Liaison for Virtual Health Systems, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. She has faithfully volunteered in helping victims of domestic violence and is the founder of I Am Free Ministries, where she implemented a ministry that provides housing and supportive services for victims of domestic violence and their children, located in Lindenwald, New Jersey. She was awarded the Dr. Martin Luther King Freedom Medal for her dedication to community service. Arnita has been active in a variety of Christian ministry for 24 years. She is a member of Mount Olive Baptist Church in Philadelphia under the leadership of Pastor Harry Moore, Sr. She was licensed as a minister on February 15, 2004, by Bishop David G. Evans of Bethany Baptist Church, headquartered in Lindenwald, New Jersey, where she served as an associate minister. Arnita has preached and taught for both adults and youth at churches, conferences, retreats, and seminary. She is grateful for awesome leaders that covered and mentored her in ministry. In 2006, she started New Beginnings Radio Ministry on WTMR 800 AM in Camden, New Jersey, and reemerged in 2009 on Radio's ones, Radio 1's Praise 103.9, Philadelphia's Inspiration Station. In 2007, Arnita became co-host of Battle for Life, a prayer outreach TV ministry that aired on the Virgin Islands, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. In 2011, she became the host of New Beginnings Prayer Outreach TV Ministry, presently airing on the Now TV Network on Channel 16.4 every second and fourth Saturday at 10 p.m. in upstate South Carolina, North Carolina, northern Georgia, and streaming. It is a ministry designed to encourage believers and non-believers alike through exhortation and intercessory prayer on the air and with lessons from God's word on how to let go of the old and embrace the new and how to avoid getting trapped in what is. 
instead of positioning oneself toward what can be. The theme is, remember, every day is a new beginning. 2 Corinthians 5.17 She is a 1999 graduate of the University of Pennsylvania School of Social Policy and Practice, where she received a Master's of Social Work and a graduate of Villanova University, where she received her Bachelor of Arts and Science, Sciences. Her major was communications. She is presently attending International Miracle Institute for a doctorate in Christian theology. She was born and raised in Philadelphia, PA, where she resides with her son, Joseph Emmanuel. She is also referred to as Lady, which is a nickname that was given to her from birth in honor of her late grandmother, Lady Lee Olden. Arnita is so grateful for her loving parents, Mary Elizabeth DeShields and the late Ranzo DeShields. She is blessed to be the youngest of ten siblings and loves both her family and friends dearly. She enjoys writing poetry, sharing her gift of spoken word, sacred dancing, reading, and more. Her life scriptures are Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens, strengthens me, and Luke 1.37, for with God, Nothing shall be impossible. And ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Arnita D. Shields. Good evening, Arnita. How are, how, how are you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you, Tanya? Thanks for having me on I'm tonight. I'm doing great. It's my pleasure. I'm glad that you um, joined us on the Recovery Corner to share your story. And my first question that I have for you is, what was it like for you growing up as a child in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? Growing up as a child in Philadelphia, for me, had its its challenges. And I talk about one of the challenges in the book. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the challenges was uh, violence, which still exists today. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember me being stuck up at gunpoint, and the Lord mm-hmm. allowed me to walk out of that situation. Um, one person on one side held the door leading into the Chinese restaurant. Another one held the front door, and I was in mm-hmm. a foyer area. Um, gun put up at my up to my head, and uh, the gentleman asked for me to turn over the money that I had. Um, I did that, and I was able to walk out of uh, out of that uh, situation alive. Um, but I had a lot of good experiences, and I did a lot of different things. Uh, one of the things that uh, I used to do, I used to be on a dance show called Dancing on Air uh, okay. on Channel 17. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I love to dance, and uh, I loved all type of music. So that was one of my experiences. And just having a, a neighborhood on my block where um, everybody looked out for each other. You know, we, we had our moments. 
Um, I did have experiences in which uh, sometimes I was in fights. When people look at me today, they probably would never believe it or know it. (laughs) But uh, God brought me through some uh, danger scene and unseen. But uh, growing up, I experienced a a diverse, a lot of different things. I grew up in North Philadelphia, got saved in North Philadelphia. Um, But my mom's house, my mom was a block captain. So a lot of people came over to my mom's house for food. Um, for fellowship, and my mom actually had a Bible study out of her home as well. I didn't experience that, but my mother raised me in the fear of God uh, to uh, serve God, to go to church, and uh, I remember her telling me, you, you, can't, you can't go to the party at night if you can't go to church in the morning. Oh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, 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 ha- it has been an interesting journey for me, but I'm grateful for my upbringing because one of the things mm-hmm. that I had uh, kept in mind was I don't have to be a product of my environment. So uh, there was a lot of things going on in my environment, people getting high, people drinking, looked at those mm-hmm. things in my own family situations. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say I was perfect, that I never did anything because mm-hmm. I did have some experiences where I tried things but never a commitment and uh, carry those situations out on a regular basis in my life because I always said I didn't want to be an alcoholic. I didn't want to be someone hooked on, uh, addicted to drugs because I saw the damage that it did to my family. But growing up young, you know, those things were presented to me. But my mother still had standards. She raised me, like I said, to uh, love God, to serve God, um, to work hard, trust him, and and then all everything else will be added to me. So she she taught me how to act like a lady. So although I wasn't perfect, um, my mother's love and my dad's love and support for me helped me to overcome many obstacles growing up in the inner city. Okay. So um, what what was your inspiration for becoming an advocate for domestic violence victims? and their children. What was your inspiration for that? Well, uh, I went through it myself. I also witnessed it in my own family, Mm -hmm. and that gave me the inspiration to uh, do something to implement a program that will help women in a holistic way, physical, mental, Mm -hmm. social, economic, every area of their life. And I started out with a group uh, called Healing Hearts, at my church mm-hmm. uh, in New Jersey at the time, Bethany Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was very involved with that group. It was called Healing Hearts. And I noticed that a lot of the women that came into the group, they needed more than just the support of the group. They needed resources that would help right. them transition out of their situation. And so when I went to school at, at Penn, um, I had a class that was focused on community development, outreach in the community. And it was mm-hmm. then also being under the leadership of my pastor at the time, Bishop Evans, uh, wanting to do more and give the women more. And so mm-hmm. the the Lord laid on my heart the vision of a transitional home uh, for abused women and children. He gave me the name. I did my research and uh, went forward to, in, to implement it. So it, it, it was from hearing the women's stories, that I served with and uh, participated in with the group called Healing Hearts. And then it was my own personal experience that I wanted to be an advocate to break the cycle of domestic violence in different uh, women's lives as well as men. But my primary focus 
as you know, women experience domestic violence more than men. Right. Physical right. and verbal. Right. Mm. Emotional <laughs> and, you know, yes. financial, too. Now, a lot of people, you know, don't think that men go through domestic violence situations, but they also go through domestic violence, you know, issues, too. But a lot of people, it's more, you know, like they say, no, it's the women, mostly the women. But, you know, most men is not, are not going to say, and a lot of women aren't going to say they're being abused, you know. That's true. Uh, it's like a, a secret that people keep in their home, mm-hmm. the secret that people keep in church. And uh, they try not to make uh, they try not to make it public because it exposes individuals, some even in leadership mm-hmm. positions. And mm-hmm. so in my case, um, you know, I experienced it. My ex-husband was in a leadership position. I, too, was in a leadership position. Uh, but I made a decision to share it with my leader um, and, and get the help that I needed. And I, because I had the experience myself, I was able to transition out of that situation, heal, and um, I am still recovering, but I am right. on my way, and God is doing uh, some great and mighty things in my life, and I'm glad about it. I'm glad to be free. Amen. So can you tell me what are some of the things that you've learned from, you know, working with um Abuse women and their children. You no, know, because we can all learn something from each other, whether we're in a you know counseling position or in if we're a victim of you know or a survivor of domestic violence. What are some of the things that you've learned that you didn't know before? I learned that you don't have to settle. I've always known that I didn't have to settle because my parents raised me in that way. And I think because I was raised uh, in by my parents to love myself, to love God, to take care of myself, um, that I was that my, my dad told me I was beautiful. Um, there was really nothing they wouldn't do for me as long as I tried my best to do what I had to do. So you don't have to settle uh, for being touched inappropriately or hit on. Um, because that's not who God has ordained you to be. He said you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And so because I have a relationship with the Lord, that was uh, one of the things that helped me uh, make my transition to remind me to stay. But a lot of women do stay, and it's a life or death situation because one wrong choice, one wrong thing said, and, you know, you can have possibly not just one person dead but two people dead. And then you have children that are a witness to that. So I also learned that my son, um, and I knew this always because when I had my son, I dedicated my son to the Lord. And uh, I never want my son to grow up treating women a certain way or acting a certain way towards women because he thought it was an acceptable thing to do and experiencing some of the things that he experienced. So I had to be the one to make sure my son was in a healthy situation. And he didn't ask to be in that in, in, in that family situation or that family environment, and nor was I going to allow him to be, because children are in heritage from the Lord. That's what the Word of God tells us. So we need to treat them as such and guard them, guard their hearts and their minds to the best of our abilities. And so uh, I have a son. My son name is Joseph. He is now 13. He is healthy. 
Uh, he transitioned out of my divorce um, very well because I got help for him mm-hmm. from my pastor. And uh, I just kept him covered in prayer. And I was very open and honest with him because even children can learn from a negative situation and use it uh, for their good and for God's glory. So my my advice to a person in that situation, if you're in it, seek help because you can be isolated. And I think I had I was slowly but surely becoming more isolated um, and not really communicating as much to different people. But I knew when I had to make my decision to move or to uh, make sure I separated myself from what was going on, I knew who I could go to and ask for help. So you want to make sure you have reliable people in your corner that you can go to oh, yeah. if you're in that situation. Uh, that you can trust, uh, and that prayerfully even has experience in helping someone like that. But if they don't, you still need to talk to somebody because you don't want to carry that on your own if you don't have to. But carry it to somebody that can carry it for you or help you to carry it, not carry for you, but help you to carry it and give you wise counsel. They're not in a situation themselves, and they're living upright in the Lord to the best of their ability because no one's perfect. And uh, in my book, I, I included a resource uh, for uh, people that are experiencing domestic violence uh, because I didn't want to bring up things in my book or my experiences and not have a resource for people to go to if they need it. So the hotline for domestic violence, if you're ever in that situation and you just don't know what to do, um, you know, how to prepare an escape plan or emergency plan, you know, what mm-hmm. documents you would need. Uh, some of the things that you need to be mindful of because some women don't even know they're in that situation, but they're miserable. Right. That's just another point that I was going to make. So, like, some people don't even know that they're in a, you know, domestic violence, you know, situation or an abusive Mm -hmm. situation. They just feel like, oh, this is normal. But can you, um, you know, tell the listening audience, what are some of the red flags that they should look out for, you know, that shows that they're in an abusive relationship? What are some of the, well, you, you know, signs? Because some people really well, don't realize person, they're not, you know, and, you know, they don't realize. If a person is threatening you, if a person is talking negative to you all the time, uh, that definitely can uh, develop into emotional abuse, verbal abuse. Um, when they don't want you to do anything, they're very controlling. And then when they do something, they're apologizing. That's false hope. You know, I'm sorry, and you know you're wrong, and they expect you to come back, and some women do. So they go back to that, I'm sorry again. But I'm sorry is not effective if there's no change. So right. if you don't see a change and there's consistent patterns, of them uh, doing things to you that's not appropriate, putting their hands on you appropriate, inappropriately. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are some of the red flags you need to look for, you know, because uh, if, if you are being uh, mistreated on an ongoing basis, pushed, hit, punched, kicked, those are all forms of domestic violence. Called out, uh, called everything but your name, mm-hmm. that's a form of domestic violence put down constantly, criticized constantly, you can't do nothing right. That's mm-hmm. domestic, you know, you know, in addition right. to those other things because right. it's physical, it's verbal, it's sexual, it's 
psychological. Right. You know, it, it it does not necessarily have one specific thing that's attached to it that's a red right. flag. But that's some of right. the things that you should be mindful of. If you're seeing these patterns uh, and you uh, see a cycle that's not changing, then you have to break the mm-hmm. cycle and you have to call for help. So there is a hotline number that can connect you with the services in your area, and that hotline mm-hmm. number is 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233. So if you're listening to me and you are in a domestic violence situation, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would become free and free indeed, that you would be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove, and that God won't withhold any good thing from you. And sometimes you you may be staying because, you know, you have children. You might be staying mm-hmm. because there's financial things attached to your life with your mate or your or your husband. But God can do all things but fail. And if he can bring me out, I know he can bring you out. So I encourage you, if you are in any unhealthy situation, unhealthy relationship, you don't have to stay. You don't have to settle. God mm-hmm. has ordained for you to be in perfect peace. And the, the key is to get help from somebody, some counseling from uh, a local ser- Christian counseling service mm-hmm. or any counseling service because you don't necessarily have to be Christian to be a good counselor. Right. But I encourage you to get help and not stay uh, isolated. And, and I encourage you not to be quiet because if nobody knows you're going through it, then you That's can't true. break free. You can't be helped. <laughs> right. So... <clears throat> Um, my next question is, um, when you were going through your situation as far as, you, you know, your domestic violence, how um, did did you go to someone in the church, you know, did you confide in someone in the church to help you out with, like, as far as counseling or helping you, you know, transition out of your, you know, situation? Because um, I, you know, a lot of people say the I, church really doesn't, you know, they, they it's kind of like taboo and they don't want to talk about that in the church. Right. Well, my church actually had a ministry that I created. Uh, we also had a support okay. group for individuals that experience abuse. So I did go to my pastor. I had a good relationship with my pastor. I okay. served faithfully at my church. So uh, I was able to talk with him openly and get the counseling mm-hmm. I needed for my son. And uh, I also used two of my friends uh, that were trained as domestic violence advocates. So they mm-hmm. went through a training program because that was my ministry. So I used right. what I would tell all the other women to do to my advantage when it was my mm-hmm. situation personally going on. And uh, I always thought I was being verbally abused emotionally mm-hmm. abused because of the control factor and the constant mm-hmm. put down. Uh, but I tried to be mindful that I am serving and helping women in a ministry and not to get the two mixed up. But when at the right, end of the day, right. I was right on point. And so mm-hmm. it just got progressively worse, and then other things came out, um, such as uh, my ex-husband, involvement, involvement with porn. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the status is on that. I just know what I went through when I was with him. And so those are some of the things that I went through, and emotionally that affected me. But mm-hmm. once again, I'm free. I'm delivered. 
it's nothing too hard for God. And uh, you can go to people in the church, but if you don't, that's why you have to mm-hmm. use your community resources. There's normally mm-hmm. uh, a shelter program or a counseling program in every city that a, a woman or a man can go to for help. Mm-hmm. And so I utilize something that I utilize my church. I, I, I utilize my own knowledge of uh, handling domestic violence situations. I already knew when it happened to stay calm, to not do anything crazy, which I could have done. I right, knew when true. it happened to, fig- to to think about who I can call on. Mm-hmm. And when I got settled, I left the house and I made sure my son was taken care of, and I made mm-hmm. my I implemented my plan, my emergency plan, my escape plan, however you want to call it. Uh, and you know, my my ex husband at the time was apologizing, saying he was sorry, and I stayed calm. Mm-hmm. I remember making up my bed and saying, you know what, I am out of here. As soon mm-hmm. as I get out of here, I'm going to make some calls, and I'm not going to stay in this situation any longer. Mm-hmm. You know, at the break, the right. turning point for me was when he did put his hands on me. So, uh, wow. you know, I, I was able to uh, stay in that marriage um, mm-hmm. up until the point when he put his hands on me. And so I took a lot of the other things and prayed that God will, will change and deliver um, our marriage and make it whole again. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I I never want to risk my life or have my son right. witness anything. But he wasn't there at the time when that my my you know that last situation happened. But I right. never want to uh, have my child experience something like that. So right. with that being said, uh, you know you may not get help in the church, but there is definitely people um, in the community that you can call on. And I gave out that number for the hotline. I'll give it out again, which okay. is one eight hundred. Seven nine nine safe, where you can go and get the proper help. Okay, thank you so much for you know for sharing that information. You know, and I hope people will actually utilize that because you know, wow, domestic violence is very. It's probably more common than most people probably would think because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't. They don't think that they're in a abusive relationship. You know, they really don't think, and I heard it's like well, sort of like a brainwashing. It is. It you is know. like a brainwashing situation. And I used to have my, you know, somebody in my family used to say, you know, you're being brainwashed. I remember mm-hmm. telling, uh, I remember sharing with my sister. I said, you know, when I call, I he doesn't answer. Mm-hmm. And she said, lady, he's getting your phone calls. So you get to, you go through the rejection and you go through the lack mm-hmm. of response. And uh, I thank God I'm now at a place uh, where I didn't see it then, but I had a sister that stayed in my face and, and kept <laughs> constantly telling me, lady, that's, 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 it's just not right. Or you're changing yeah. or you're not the same. Right. Uh, so they, they all saw the transformation information of me in a, a mm-hmm. uh, in a place that was not healthy, and I didn't right. see it because I was very loyal. I was very committed uh, mm-hmm. to my marriage and wanted, wanted my marriage to work. I was married over 20 years, but, mm-hmm. but God, he does not want me to be in anything unhealthy. If you're listening to me and you're in any unhealthy relationship, you don't have to be married to the person. It could be a female that's abusive mm-hmm. to another female. Right, uh, right. You don't have to settle. You know, God said you're royalty. You are part of a royal priesthood. 
And uh, when you make up your mind uh, to be committed to God, he, will, he would not allow you to even be comfortable in something right. like that. No right. matter how much you want to try to put, nobody can't change if they want to if they don't want to be changed. That's true. You know, and that's, that's what I saw. I couldn't make my ex husband change. He had to. He had to want it. And I yeah. would offer him to go to counseling. He didn't want to go to counseling, and finally he wanted to go to counseling. So I went through this emotional roller coaster ride. Right, right. But at the end, you know, when it's all said and done, everybody has their limits and their breaking point. Mm-hmm. And my breaking point was when he put his hands on me. I, I really don't. My right. my father never. I don't know what. I don't even know what that is. Yes, right. I was stuck up at gunpoint. But I'm saying in a relationship with males, I never had a male put their hands on me. Uh, right. So my dad treated me, you know, with love and support. Um, mm-hmm. And even though my dad wasn't perfect, I I knew that I had some value and worth enough for someone to be gentle with me. And uh, you know, I'm glad uh, that I was raised in that way, and this is why it's important for a father to have a good relationship with his daughter because it does, I believe it was it was important for me, and that mm-hmm. helped me to see that this is not right, you know, right. and I don't have to stay in it. You know, I don't have to suffer. Uh, marriage is not meant to be miserable. It, it, yes, it could be a right. vertical derive, but you don't, you don't have to be in a miserable marriage. You don't have to be in a miserable relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm even very careful today now that I am single, um, not mm-hmm. to have a cycle repeated with any right, man. Right. If I have to stay by so, myself, then I'll stay by myself yeah. until God says, uh, you know, this is the one and he he's going to treat me like I'm royalty. Right. Uh, and, and vice versa, you know, you, you reap what you sow. So if I'm mm-hmm. a giver, I'm loving, I'm kind, then that's what I expect in return. Amen. So can you tell me um who who were your your role models when you were growing up? My role model was my sister. I have an older sister, her name is Sandra. Uh mm-hmm. my role model was my mother. These were women that made sure things were taken care of and uh my sister excelled in her career at HR. She finished college. Uh mm-hmm. so she encourages me and still to this day very supportive of me, my mother, who told me there's nothing that I can't do. If I follow whatever dream I have, it can become a reality uh, as long as I work on it. And uh, she's a praying woman. Um, I wake up sometimes, even when my mom comes to visit me or I go and visit her, I can hear my mom praying. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she's supportive. So, you know, when you have someone that's supportive of you, that uh, believes in you and that has overcome things themselves. My mom has overcome illness. She's overcome, you know, financial challenges at times. Uh, She's overcome marital problems. You know, my sister, my sister's had her share of ups and downs, um, Mm -hmm. but yet she's very focused and very successful and has been honored for her achievements in the workplace Mm -hmm. and in the community. Uh, she serves. She's uh, she's a Delta like myself. So we, as far as community service and and serving in, in church, we that's how we were raised. And I, I just I'm a servant at heart. So right. I believe ultimately those are the role models that you should have. And um, Maya Angelou, I love her story mm-hmm. and how she's overcome a lot of things. Oprah Winfrey, right. 
Um, mm-hmm. But in my family, my, I would say my mom and my sister, uh, because uh, there is a ministry in the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a, and I'm go. glad right. that I can honestly say I have somebody in my family I can look up to. Right. You know, and then God has blessed me with so many other women that's doing so many positive things, um, as well as men that's doing positive things that I like. And I see I like the way my pastor operates as a pastor. But if I had to pick two right off the top of my head, it would be uh, my mom and my sister. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit about, you know, your uh, the your radio ministry? The radio ministry uh, was birthed in my desire to be on the air uh, and use the gift that God has given me. I, I used to want to be a reporter, an anchor woman uh, on TV, uh, but the mm-hmm. Lord changed that <laughs> and put me into ministry, allowed me to, mm-hmm. to do ministry instead of uh, doing something in a secular world. So, right. uh, so I started with internships in Atlanta, uh, I started, I had a radio internship in Atlanta. I had a radio internship at Power 99 mm-hmm. here in Philadelphia. Uh, and my supervisor uh, was Lorraine Ballamore, who's still at Power 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a fellowship I got for minorities pursuing careers in broadcasting, communications, or PR, journalism at Kent State University. I applied for that and won it and got it and went away and got training on editing and production mm-hmm. and reporting. Uh, and that was not in the ministry, but it's in the secular world. And I took classes at Kent State. Uh, so the radio broadcast ministry is using what I believe I wanted to do in the secular world to God's glory. And so my, my radio ministry uh, went further on to Praise 103.9. I had my own program there. I'm not presently operating in my radio ministry, but I am operating or going forth in my TV ministry, right. which is New Beginnings Prayer Outreach Television Ministry. Okay, New Beginnings. So and that airs on the Now TV network? Yes, the Now so Network. That's, a, that's a, a, a Christian network, right? It is. Okay. And they, they have a variety of ministers on there that, uh, they air 24-7. The reason why I went to this station is because they stream, so anybody can watch the broadcast mm-hmm. from any city or country or state, mm-hmm. unlike when I was on a cable station here in Philadelphia, which was just local. Okay. I like the opportunity and the fact that people can watch it anywhere, any you know, at, uh, when it's airing mm-hmm. at 10 p.m., 2nd and 4th, Saturdays. Okay. Sounds good. So um, now when you um were in abusive relationship, would you say that a lot of people say like the most dangerous time to leave a domestic violence situation is when you want to leave that person? Would you say that was yes. true? It is. It depends on the person. Everybody's situation is different, but you have to operate in wisdom. So right. when I was making my plan to leave, I didn't tell my ex-husband I was leaving. Well, of course not. He didn't know <laughs> everything was happening, you know, but some women do, and that's that's sometimes when things get worse. Mm. Uh, but I 
made my plan, what I was going to do, how I was going to do it, who I was going to reach out to, and I did it without him knowing because I didn't discuss it with him. I stayed right, calm. Right. I mm. did what I had to do. Um, I made note to him. I did tell him I don't like what you did. Um, right. And, you know, and then I I moved forth with it, with everything I had decided to do that same day. And so he didn't know everything was taking place until everything started to transpire, transpire once I got back into the home. Mm-hmm. So with that being okay. said, yes, I agree. You have to use wisdom. And, 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 and like I said, you have to uh, pray as well. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. do – I still was seeking God through the whole process. God, what do I do? What do I say? Where do I go? Right. And, you know, he can operate. He already knows. He already oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he knows I end before our beginning. So he, he was already aware of what was going on. It's not like he was clueless, but I still, right. you know, I still communicated to him and asked him to order my steps and the time that he wanted me to do things. So you want to seek God, too, as well in prayer. So would you say that most women that are in abusive relationships don't usually leave their relationship until their abuser starts abusing their children? No, I believe that everybody makes, every situation is different. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they leave when it's their child. Sometimes they leave because they're just tired and they're, they had enough. Sometimes they leave because they're angry. You know, sometimes emotions will uh, give some direction to a woman that's been in it a long time or just been in it for a short time. Every every case of domestic violence is different, and I know it to be so because that's, that was my ministry. That's who I helped. So I would say that, yes, a should you should definitely keep the children in mind. If you don't see nothing else, know to take care of your child. But that's, that's not always right. the case yeah. because right. some women stay because they don't want to be left out without mm-hmm. nothing and child a child to take care of. You know, for right. me, my whole my mindset was God will provide. I'm going to do what I have that's to right. do. Mm-hmm. I'd rather not have money in my pocket or a home, you know, that uh, I, I'll, I'll lose it all to make sure mentally and physically my son and I are in the best situation. And so that was my choice. Another woman might say, you know, I need the man. I can't make without him. And yeah. that's not how God <laughs> operates. The, the God we operate said, I will provide all your needs according to your riches and glory. And so mm-hmm. when you stand on God's word, it won't return into you void. Now, you, you you can operate in fear, mm. which is false evidence appearing real, or you can operate in trust. So mm-hmm. I had to choose that day what, who I was going to serve, and I decided to choose the Lord. And you mm-hmm. have to, whose report are you going to believe? I'm not going right. to make it. I'm not going to come out of it. Every day I see God doing something else to let me know he's with me. And that mm-hmm. everything that I lost, every bit of instability that I had, he's restoring mm-hmm. You know, and even my test that happened even now, mm-hmm. I still see him restoring. So he's, he's it's just like I, in my book, it's a beautiful butterfly that, mm-hmm. you know, God has transformed. And every now and then uh, I might get knocked down, but he, mm-hmm. you know, allows me that healing to take place and for me to get back up 
and keep running, keep flying, keep soaring for him. And every day, every minute, every second, I see him doing new things in my life. I see him moving in ways that I could never do, you know. And uh, that's just one part of my story. You know, the fact that I grew up in North Philadelphia and uh, had all these things around me, um, but I'm not addicted to drugs. I'm not addicted to alcohol. I'm not on the corner selling my body, you know. All these things contributed to God moving in my life. Yes, I made mistakes. No, I'm not perfect, but uh, because I know a God that moves, and nothing moves without God, because I know that a, a God that moves, that created heaven and earth, it's nothing that he can't do in us. And so I encourage anybody that's going through anything, it doesn't have to be domestic violence, it could be mm-hmm. you're going through suicidal thoughts, uh, right. it could be right. that you, you're struggling mm-hmm. in your career, mm-hmm. whatever it is. God can move on that situation, but you have to do certain things. So I I practice praying. I practice fasting. I practice trusting him, you know. I practice Mm -hmm. operating in faith. I practice telling him thank you every day. I can have the worst day. I still got something to thank God for because if I'm alive, somebody didn't make it. But I'm alive. I have something to thank God for. You know, and these are the things that God sees and he's pleased with it. He said, "You know what, daughter? I'm not going to leave you there. You, you may. I mean, I just recently got a car zero percent down. It was God. Yeah. No money down, zero percent interest rate. That that was God. Mm-hmm. Because I just was recently in a car accident where my mm-hmm. car got totaled, the loans mm-hmm. upside down. And I don't know how God is going to work out everything, but I know right now I have a car that I didn't have a lump sum to put really down on a for a down payment." Right. But I'm, I have a brand new 2016 car, and that was God. He moved. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know how I was going to do it. Divine intervention. So, <laughs> yes, he moved, and I had to. The Lord told me to open up my book. He said, "I want you to open up. Just go to the introduction. Read your introduction to you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, there "Read you your introduction to you. Maybe you just need a little bit of a reminder about what I can do." And he said, I said, oh, my goodness, I I wrote this? Oh, my God, I know I'm going to come out of this situation. Because fear starts to set in, doubt starts to set in, discouragement starts to set in. There's a doorbell. That means someone has a question. Um, Caller ending in 0737. You are live on the Recovery Corner. Who am I speaking with? Uh, good evening, this uh Joseph King. Joseph King. How are you doing yeah. this evening? I am doing wonderful. It's it's very good to hear. Um we have uh believers who are not just talking to talk but actually experiencing faith and mm-hmm. and I'm encouraged and I'm listening because it's always great that we have people, um, women women, men, color, creed, whatever to uh, experience and um, testimony about what the Lord is doing for them. And that's what we need to hear more and more and more every Amen. day because we're not our gift. Uh, we're our vessels. Right. Amen. Right. Amen. Praise God. So did you have any questions for my guests, Arnita um, I just I just wanted to say, um, you know, 
um, still continue to be encouraged because we all need testimonies like yours because we, we don't know when our day is going to come when we need someone to strengthen us with their um, experience in life because um, we all don't got it together. If we had it together, we wouldn't need Jesus. Exactly, and uh, that's what my book is about, Watch God Move. When the Lord gave me the book, it was pretty much focusing on the things that I experienced myself. And then as I began to talk to different people, you know, I said, God, wow, God moved in her life and his life. Mm-hmm. It's about testimonies about how God has moved. Oh, yeah. And some people are discouraged, and they don't know when God is going to show up or how he's going to show up. But yet, every day, every day, God is revealing himself. And we may not always see it or even feel it, but if we have somebody that we can read about and tell us about it, then that will encourage us. So uh, it's 10, 10 different stories I highlight, just 10 different individuals. Some I have a mother and son that I highlight. I have a couple that I highlight. I have singles that I highlight, uh, all different situations, from baby miracles, to adult miracles, and uh, I, I give a journal because I want people to start writing down how God moved in their life, and a journal right. includes a scripture and it includes a prayer. And so when you write down your story, then you will come out, you may come out with a book, or you might be able to mm-hmm. tell somebody, look what God did on this day. Mm-hmm. This, this is how God moved in my life in, in regards to a storm passing over. Right. You know, that's chapter one. Chapter two is the power of prayer. This is what God did in answering prayer for me. You know, chapter three, I'm still standing. You went through hell and high water, but yet you're still up and you're about. You're you're going after your dreams. You're going after your goals. You're still standing no matter what life has hit you with. And that's a testimony. And that's what I'm believing that this book will do, watch God move in the stories, like you said, the testimonies. Um, even the fact that the book, my publisher, I didn't know how I was going to do a book. So I, all I had kept hearing God say, finish the book. That's right. And yet my publisher, <laughs> Dorothy Gowan, said, look, I got you. The Lord mm-hmm. spoke to me, and I'm not charging you a dime. I said, I thought, I said, maybe I didn't hear her right. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because when God tells you to book, move, he ain't going to leave you. Exactly, you know, and that's what he did. He showed up and showed out. My my publisher, I thank God for her. We we're friends. She actually uh, used to come on my block. She had family on my block, and we connected on Facebook. And she said the Lord told her to help me. That was the day after I had the prayer, and the Lord told me to finish the book. And I didn't have to want for anything regarding it. He's going to take care of all the bills for it, no charge. Mm-hmm. And I watched her move. And I tell you, she's been great with me, uh, full-time job, now being mm-hmm. trained in, in ministry to get her license, full-time school, and help me to get this book published. No charge. Mm-hmm. Great. Won't he do it? Awesome. Yes, he will. <laughs> so, um, go ahead, Joseph. No, also, um, is it okay if I leave a comment? Sure. Um. From yeah, just speaking that, and I I already um, can tell that you have a your your people who are around you um, support you, you know. But a lot of people, and I say that because I've experienced that they have gifts, they have visions, they have talent, because they they're surrounded with people who 
psychologically, physically, and mentally have them in bondage. They can't um, excel the way God wants them to, and they'll walk in and in, in a, in a life that is depressed. They always borrow from somebody. They they're never in their rightful place because people and I and I'll say this real quick. People that we have in our lives are not always meant to stay there. They say, oh, he's a childhood friend and stuff like that for 20 years. But God didn't say, hold on to this for what everything mm-hmm. is for. And when we, that season comes, we need, we, need we need to personally break some change because of, um, we can't go into the promised land thinking that we have the, the, the mind of an Egyptian. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, have, we, we don't know how to let go and let God but we want God to move on behalf. You can't put a brand new, uh, you can't have a brand new car and have an old engine because it's not going to function. Right. And, and I so agree. And and I and I believe that God is transforming and delivering. I don't want to speak for me personally. It's because I have a new mindset. I you know, I believe everything I went through has helped me to mature, helped me to rely on Him more, helped me not to hold on to to bad situations, bad relationships, mentally as well as spending time with people. And now God is opening doors for people that really are supporting me. They're sincere. They're not jealous. They're not putting obstacles in my way. And uh, it's been a blessing. So with that being said, God has changed my circle. And even though people have come into my life from my past, um, Dorothy, we never really talked. She said she was shy. This is my publisher. Uh, mm-hmm. But yet, uh, so we never spent time together. We saw each other. I might have sat by her at one point, but it really wasn't. Uh, our relationship didn't get to this point until we connected this year. And we grew together through the test of getting this book done. So every mm-hmm. every situation is different. So everybody from your past does not is not necessarily going to be a hindrance. But you do have to know how to let go. And I talk about mm-hmm. that in my book in chapter number five. There's a part mm-hmm. in the book that says letting go. You can't hold right. on to some stuff, people, relationships, because they won't get you to where God is. They will assist mm-hmm. you or support you to where God is getting you to or taking you to in terms of your destiny. So you have right. to deny some relationships. You can't give people access. And you've got to use wisdom mm-hmm. and pray because yeah. what you might think is good in a temporary situation may turn out to be something later uh, that's not good for you, but you don't know right. because God is constantly revealing, constantly exposing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in you know, as you move forward in different relationships, God will show you this is something you can keep in your life. This is something you can't keep. Mm-hmm. So you have right. to constantly seek His face and and know, um, observe people what they're saying and what they're not saying. Right. And so uh, I definitely talk about that how important it is to let go, and I've had to let go of some things in my life. I talk about my experiences in the book, but I also talk about how God moved in someone else's life in regards to them having to let go. Mm-hmm. So I, I think all of those different people, Dorothy Goins is one of them. She's my publisher, but she has a powerful testimony about still standing, losing everything. Mm-hmm. I lost some things. Uh, and God is, our, love, our story is still being written by God. It's a love story that's constantly being written about how yeah. God is moving, how he's growing, how he's changing, how he's Mm-hmm. taking away stuff and putting things back into our lives. And uh, it's about surrendering, too, you know, turning over everything to God. Uh, so I totally agree with you in terms of uh, letting go of some of the past baggage and uh, 
you know, but sometimes God will bring people full circle in your life, and they can be a mm-hmm. blessing, and you never even really spend time with them. I think she even said right. she saw a picture of us sitting on the porch together. I'm just giving my, my publisher as an example. Mm-hmm. But there are some people in my past where I had to let go of. And yeah. so, you know what, they're not healthy for me uh, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know. And, and yeah, they say some people come feelings. in your life as a lesson. Some people come in your life as a lesson or a blessing. Exactly. And I believe that's true. And, you know, everybody, you know, is in your life maybe for a season, you know. But some people think that, you know, oh, I got to be loyal to, you know, this person because blah, blah, blah. But, you know, God brings people in and out of your life, you know. Right, and, and he'll for show For different up. reasons. Exactly. <laughs> right. Unless you seek him, he'll show you. Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. sometimes you have to take a hard lesson and go oh, through yeah. something with that person and realize, mm-hmm. you know what, this is not good for me. You got to learn from you know? it. Exactly. Yeah, so Romans eight twenty eight says yes, exactly. And Romans eight twenty eight says all things work together for the mm-hmm. good. So if you you are loving the Lord, then it's going to work for you. If you're seeking Him, it's going to work for mm-hmm. you. I don't care yeah. how bad it looks, mm-hmm. how many bad decisions you have made, you can get back up again. I'm a witness to that, you know. And I'm still right. being, I'm still learning, I'm still growing. But I'm not where I used to be, right. and and I got that way because God reminds me that He's going to move. Mm-hmm. I don't have to stay stuck in any situation, and I got to move too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to participate. So in chapter right. ten, I talk about God watching God move. I talk right. about the things that I do to to make sure that I'm participating. Faith without mm-hmm. works is dead. You have to do That's your part. Right. You have to step out you on know. faith. But sometimes exactly. you have to take that first step, and he, you know, he'll help you, you know, along the way. But you have yeah. to really actually get up and do something. A lot of people think they, well, I, God help me, and they just sit there and do nothing. That's not how it works. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I'm really, I based it on, I based this book on ten, the number ten testimony, mm-hmm. ten, uh, and there's ten things you have to do. You have to follow. Follow these ten things. You have to live. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he wants us to live an abundant life. He wants mm-hmm. us to enjoy life. You know, I'm not talking about going to church every day, all day. I'm mm-hmm. talking about going to a movie, going to a comedy show, you know, right. making sure we do a variety of things, but live. Right. Uh, love. He wants us to love, mm-hmm. you know, fasting and praying. We have to have right. faith. We got to trust God. We got to wait on him. You know, we, some things mm-hmm. are not going to happen immediately. There's a oh, suddenly yeah. blessing and there's a wait on me blessing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, wait on the Lord, That's be of true. good courage, and he will strengthen your heart, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we watch God move. These are the things you have to do. And you got to mm-hmm. praise him, and you have to tell him thank you, you know. Um, if we don't praise him, we don't love on him, we don't appreciate him, He's going to feel like, you know, we're not giving him his attention, his due. And he is a jealous God. Oh, yeah. And you're going to do that at the (laughs) beginning. You can do that throughout the day, every day, all day, Mm -hmm. you know. That's true. So, uh, you know, it's a a process. Um, The move of God is a process. 
And like I said, mm-hmm. some things are quick and immediate, and some things you have to mm-hmm. wait. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. We want it immediately, but God is still doing some things on in us mm-hmm. and through us and in our yeah. relationship. He's setting some stuff up for us. A lot mm-hmm. of times it's already done, but we're not prepared to receive it. We right. have to be prepared but and ready. Th- there's no testimony without the test. Exactly. Sometimes you got to go through, you know, some things. Some things you might have to learn, you know, before, you know, that blessing comes. You know, that's how God works. You know, just like you said, you got to be patient and wait on the Lord because, you know, but, you know, like a lot of people just want things right now. I want it right now. But he's trying to teach you something right now. Yes, if you're waiting, you're you're able to learn. Mm-hmm. You're able to see. You're able to get strength. You're able to get endurance. There's a lot of mm-hmm. things you can experience in your waiting season. And uh, there's that's growth true. with waiting. There's trust that's built with waiting. Mm-hmm. And you have to have faith because you don't, you're not seeing the result. Right, But you right. believe it's already done. You believe that it's coming to pass. You believe it's going to work out. So waiting has its purpose and is not in vain. Amen. Not at all. So um, I'm going to go to a quick commercial. When we come back, we're going to um, share with the listening one is how, you know, where they can, you know, purchase your, you know, your book, Watch God Move. So when we come back, we'll be talking about that. And we'll be right back after this quick commercial break. So right in the building, House of Stone by Coco. I'ma show you, she gonna show you, we gonna show you how we do this, huh? What? Yo, this bling be the illest. Coco House of Stone got a feeling. Step up in the room, royal like a queen. Rockin' House of Stone, girl, you know you reign supreme. Red carpet jewels, finest of quality. Necklace so reckless. I know you seen the rosary designer for celebrity. Pieces on the runway. Tracy Lynn was so back when you gotta grow up someday. Big girl accessories, always on fleek. Not the average, but the baddest chick. The ones who like to be unique. We don't follow the crowd. We set the trends. Other fashions bow down. House of Stone will never be. My bad, with this commercial interrupt, I'm just trying to be your friend, help you step your game up. When you put on House of Stone, get ready for your close-up. Trendsetters, go get his ladies in the know. House of Stone stands alone, I just thought I'd let you know. I think I said too much, you need to catch your breath, nobody does it better. Yo, House of Stone is the best, this is the soul writer. And I'm here with my girl Coco, House of Stone by Coco, that is. She's got the flyest bling on the planet, yo, she kicking down doors. In magazines, on the runway, celebrity jewelry designer, and I'm trying to put you down with games. On Facebook, House of Stone by Coco. Instagram, House of Stone by Coco. Twitter, House of Stone by Coco. Yo, it's real easy. And if you're really trying to holler at my girl, then holler at your girl, the soul writer, and I'll put you in direct contact with none other than the lady herself. Now, When you step outside, your fashion needs to be standing on a firm foundation, and it gets no firmer than the house that Coco built. Yo, check it. I'm going to show you, huh? She going to show you what? We going to show you how we do this, huh? What? House of Stone by Coco. It doesn't get any better than the best. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Recovery Corner. I am your host, Authoress Tanya Wilson. I'm here with my guest, Arnita Dishills. Arnita, can you share with the listening audience where they can purchase your book, Watch God Move? Sure. They can purchase my book at Amazon.com. And it is a five-star rating. I'm very excited about that on Amazon. Uh, they can also go to Barnes & Noble, where it is, it is also a five-star rating. And this is actually coming from those that are reading a book. And uh, my publisher also has me have me listed with uh, Books a Million. Okay. So they can go online and get the books uh, online at those three uh, locations. And then I have another book signing coming up on okay. December the 5th, 1 to 3 p.m. Yes, and that's going to be at the Crown of Knowledge Book Hub in Pensacola, New Jersey. Okay. That's uh, December the 5th, 1 to 3 p.m. And I actually do, I've, I've been getting a lot of reviews on the book, and I'm really pleased about that. So mm-hmm. anybody that gets the book, I'm asking them to go and share the review so other people can hear what people are mm-hmm. saying. Some people are right. making notes on Facebook to me, but I was okay. blessed to have one review on Amazon by mm-hmm. uh, Jamila. I believe the name is Jamila J. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a recent one on November the 8th, and she talks about how the book affected her and what she learned from the book. Okay. Jamila Jefferson. Mm-hmm. So, and also, can you um tell people how they can, you know, reach you on social media? Sure. You can reach me on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I am on gracehope.com, which is a Christian Facebook. And in order to access that, you have to be on Facebook. Okay. And what's and the name I of it again? It's called GreatTalk.com. Okay. I've heard of it. And I'm also on Periscope. Okay. I just started Periscope. I probably okay. put two or three videos on Periscope. And okay. I'm still getting used to Periscope. That's a new one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, it shows videotapes of uh, people doing whatever they want to do. So okay. I normally do uh, prayer and word of encouragement and share what's going on with the book. I'm I'm also on, uh, I have my own website, which is right. arnitadeshills.com. And that's on so the event also, page. Mm-hmm. Oh, amen. Thank you. Yeah, I put that on there. I'm also going to put the flyer up for, you know, the uh, book signing. I can put that on the event page, too. So I think okay. I did see it on your page, the flyer for the book signing. I put it on an events page on my Facebook, but I, I didn't create right. one for uh, the book uh, signing oh, okay. at Crown of Knowledge. Oh, okay. I have one up for my book release and dedication celebration, which happened in October. Okay. But I think I did see something for the Pensacan. Right. The book I did for that. December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. I put something up there for the uh, – Upcoming events. Right. Link. And I'll, I'll you know post that on the event page also. So um. And if and if people want to reach me, they can call me at two six seven four one nine seven eight six three. 
That's 267-419-7863. And I do go out to minister. I do go out to do book signings or present my book, spoken word. Uh, So if you want me to come and visit your church or your community event or conference, feel free to give me a call. And uh, my email address is arnitadc at gmail.com. And uh, my mailing address is also P.O. Box. 18531 Philadelphia PA 19121 that's PO box 18531 Philadelphia PA 19121 okay thank you so much for you know sharing that information and can you also you know tell people you know the number for the domestic violence hotline also which is sure If you're ever in a domestic violence situation, you should call 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-7233 or SAFE. And that's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. There's also other numbers listed in the book, uh, in my book. So when you get the book, I, I list a couple of helpful resources. But that is the number for uh, domestic violence, and a lot of times people going through a whole bunch of stuff just dealing mm-hmm. with that alone. It's not just one right. thing. So if you get the book, it's right in the back, a helpful list of resources. Okay, thank you so much, you know, for sharing that with us. And um, I'm going to wrap up this show, and I always end the show with the serenity prayer. And it goes, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. Amen. And I just want to say thank you so much, Arnita, for sharing your story and your wisdom with us on the Recovery Corner Blog Talk Radio Show. And on one, two, three, we're going to say good night to everyone. And thank you for joining us. One, two, three. Good night, everyone. And Good thank night, you. everyone. And thank you for joining for us. For joining us. And thank you so much, Arnita. And thank you, Joseph, also for tuning in. Good night, everyone. And thank you so much for joining us on the Recovery Corner Blog Talk Radio Show. Good night. <laughs>